Good evening, everybody. I was going to say good afternoon. Good evening. I hope everybody is enjoying their weekend so far. I know some of us have to work. Guess what? I'm working too. I may not be working at my day job, but I'm working on my, my stuff, which is a great thing. And that's what's great about operating in your purpose and your passion because that gives you life. It's like the engine that moves you, even though all of us can't maybe do full-time entrepreneurship at the present time, but just you engaging in things that you like and you love on the side, on the weekends, on the evenings, it just helps make things more easier because you're doing something that brings you fulfillment and joy and passion. So I'm glad you joined me. I just want to share a few ways and maybe two or three ways that we can change our mindsets. And think of when you go, if you've ever been to a counselor or a coach or somebody, a mentor, pastor, someone who um, speaks to you, that you go to and share problems that you're having and issues and you just want to vent with them. But think about the questions that they ask you. and But think about asking yourself those questions. Because this is one way to transform your own mindset. Because especially those of us who have negative, automatic negative thoughts that come to our mind, how we see a situation, and I always talk about changing a perspective, but it's so true. Think about how, is learning how to think about um, the situation in a different way, an alternative way of thinking. So we call that cognitive restructuring. Cognitive restructuring. And it's just really a method of changing the way you think about things. Because that's where the beginning of um, transformation takes place. And a lot of people, the nickname, we may call it having an eliminate mentality. But that, that's mainly focusing on seeing things in a positive light. But I mean, how can you think about something different? Some of the questions that therapists or counselors like myself, ask my clients is, well, why do you see it this way? Why is that the first reaction or the first thought that came to your mind? Why was it negative? Is it reasonable? Does it make sense? And I could think of uh, one particular situation. Uh, I'm just going to do a little, not role play, but I'm just thinking of a scenario of someone who say they're sitting in my office and they start venting and they see themselves as a failure. And so I may ask them, but again, I'm trying to teach you how to ask yourself these questions. So it's okay to talk to yourself, as I always say. Um, questioning yourself, attacking the position, attacking the skeptical, skeptical thinking that you have. So I might ask that person, why do you see yourself as a failure? And after they share their experience, then I may ask them, so... Everybody who's gone through the same thing you've gone through, are they a complete failure? If you experienced a loss or you went through a divorce, are you telling me that everyone who experienced a job loss, lost a ministry, a position, a car, a house is a failure and that there was no coming out of it? Because I'm really trying to get them to think and challenge that thought process. And of course, in the beginning, they may feel like, well, for them, yes. Because, you know, a lot of times when we're going through it and we feel victimized or hurt or shame or unworthy, we see other people as doing well and they prosperous and things are working out for them, but they don't work out for us. And so that's another belief, core belief that we have to attack. So attack that belief. Why do you think that? Why do you believe that? So question your core belief. This is the beginning of cognitive restructuring. Questioning is also called Socratic questioning, which comes from Socrates teaching and Plato and all of that. But it is some of the um, methods that we use in the counseling session. And I, but my thing is to help you become empowered so you can empower yourself, help you become empowered by 
imply, applying these methods to your own self and become your own therapist. Learn how to not only self-soothe, but learn how to um, do a self-introspection and, and question those thoughts and belief. You know, that's, that's empowerment when you don't constantly have to depend mm -hmm. on somebody mm -hmm. else, but you yourself, you're doing the work. You're doing the work on yourself, and then you start to chop away at those negative core beliefs, those automatic thoughts that you get um, when you're in a particular situation, what naturally comes to your mind, and it's because of your experience. But I want you to attack that experience. Not attack the experience, but attack the thought that came because of that experience, the result of that experience, and change the way you see things, alternative way of thinking. One of the strengths that helped me through my different traumatic experiences was the way I see things differently. First of all, I didn't see things, every experience as the end of the world, because sometimes we think that this is the end of the world. You don't see past it. You can't see past it. You just stuck in whatever is going on at the time. And I've learned to see past it. Even if you have to begin to speak some positive affirmations in the meantime to see something come to pass. One of the things I will say, and this too shall pass. And it don't feel like it's passing, but I will constantly say that because I do understand that we go through seasons of, of um, things that happen in our life, of issues, of, of tribulations, and of trials. And so I knew enough to understand that this don't have to last always. We sing the song, trouble don't last always. And so I really, because I already believed that, I'm like, this don't last always. And so in the midst of that, and while I'm thinking that way, it helps me to become solution focused, as I always say. Now I start to think about different ways I can come out of it. So another way of challenging that thought to think this is it is, okay, first of all, you can look at other people's um, experiences, people that have testimonials that you've heard, how they come out of a situation, talk to other people. But I want you to do this to yourself. I want you to become empowered. So I wrote a few questions down, um, especially when it comes, I thought of a situation when you get into a debate with somebody and, you know, a lot of times we don't, we do it subconsciously, but sometimes we impose our own beliefs or our own opinions on people that may not be, uh, may not apply to your situation. And so a person may come to you um, in a debate about their particular opinion. And if you don't agree with it, you know, you can ask them, um, why do I have to see it that way? And how does that apply to my journey? But again, you're, you're asking these Socratic questions. It's helping you to, to not only change the way you see things and give you alternative way of thinking. It's also helping the other person without them even realizing that you're doing that. You're kind of um, redirecting them, detracting them from what, because a person's goal may be to, assault you, assault you, or belittle or devalue um, the way you feel about yourself or your own opinion. So this is another way to defeat that. Y'all said the right word? I think I did. <laughs> so you don't become self-defeated because a lot of times, well, I know some people that I've come across in my life, when they find themselves in a debate or argument, sometimes they don't know how to defend themselves. They don't know how to assertively um express themselves, disagree. So either they're shut down or they just remove themselves from the situation. But I'm, I am challenging you to challenge that person. You may have the particular person who's always, always, always combative with you. 
always imposing their opinion and their views on you as if you have none. And you may be full of wisdom, but sometimes you can be so low in your situation and you don't you feel powerless. You just don't say anything. You don't stand. Look, I know I for years when I was young, young, young. I used to internalize things and I would feel so angry when I've left out of an argument or with somebody because I didn't stand for my, first of all, I, I think my mind would freeze in the moment when the person is attacking verbally. And so I couldn't find the words to say, but it's like when I leave, because remember when your body's in a stressful state, your amygdala goes off, you get your nervous system is all riled up and you can't think and then you lose that temporary memory. So what happens is when I leave the, the debate or the argument and my nervous, nervous system calms down, here I go thinking of all the solutions and all the things I wish I would have said. So this is why it's so important to train even your nervous system how to calm down, even through the midst of an argument. You know, and I get the wonderful um, opportunity to learn this, you know, doing counseling and sessions. I'm just thinking about it right now because, you know, when you working with people and they're sharing a whole lot of stuff on you or they may be arguing, they may be cursing. I mean, very aggressive in a session. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm I've learned to stay even tone and keep that even temperament and just listen and not to allow their um, emotions to affect me in a negative way where I'm reacting the same way they're reacting. So that's been great practice for me. So now when somebody's like gone off, <laughs> I, you know, I just know how to just calm and relax and listen, just keep myself in it. When you do that, what I'm saying is you get to think because you really can't think when you come to that high level of stress, but you're able to think so you can rationalize things before you express yourself. I had to learn to do that more and more and more. It's easy to do with people you're comfortable with. But if somebody who already stresses you, just being in a presence make you uncomfortable. It's those moments and those type of individuals. You have to learn how to um, calm yourself down around and practice this at home. Let me share a secret with you what I used to do. And I realized this is when I realized I was doing my own self therapy. So don't tell everybody this. <laughs> I remember I might have shared this. I shared this in a, in a, a webinar, but um, I remember I used to take my dolls. Some of you are gonna laugh at me. I think after I share this, I just gonna think I'm cuckoo. <laughs> but you know what? But we do it with children. You see, and I realized I'm not crazy because when we work with children, we do play therapy. So that's what I was doing. I was doing play therapy. Okay, I used to take these dolls. I had Ernie and Bert. I had Kermit the Frog, I had Miss Piggy, and then I had regular dolls. And what I would do was, I went through like a lot of emotional stuff in doing elementary school, you know, dealing with bullying and certain individuals that were just very aggressive. And I'm not an aggressive person. I'm more of, um, like I said, calm, even-tempered type of person. And I was kind of shy back then as well. But what happened was there's there were certain individuals who I went to school with who didn't like me for no reason at all, <laughs> just because I was different. And sometimes they would verbally abuse me or bully me. And I didn't know how to really stand up for myself. I might say one or two words and then, you know, but I would allow them to just dump everything on me. And I would just go home and just cry and boohoo and my stomach all bent in knots. Then I'm angry at myself because I didn't know how to stand up for myself. And I used to beat myself because I didn't. I, I would wish the words would have came to me in the moment. But because I'm feeling attacked and I'm assaulted. And if there's fear there, and when there was fear there, 
I wasn't able to defend myself and I really didn't know how to fight fight. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you know, the, the, some of the girls I grew up with, they knew how to fight like guys. They knew how to box. They was built. They were strong. I didn't learn that. I didn't have anybody to teach me how to fight in that sense. You know, the, the most I would, and I'm talking about second and third grade, where you just like, just go for it like that. They knew how to come up and just swing and go for it. I didn't know how to do stuff like that. I didn't know how to fight like that. So, of course, I'm like, I'm chicken. I'm scared. I'm not saying too much. And most of the time back then, the girls I grew up around, they just like to jump you. So it wasn't always a one-on-one. -on -one. It was a whole two or three people want to jump you situation. I wasn't playing with myself. So um, I would just beat myself up. So what I would do with the dolls, I remember I had the Ernie doll, but I made Ernie a female. It's kind of strange when I look back at it. Because I, you know, I used to always did here. I'm a licensed cosmetologist. That's another way. That's... Uh, um, I just think back how I started learning how to do hair and have a practice on my dolls as well. I had glued some hair on Ernie. Yes, I did. I made her girl because I think when I'm thinking about it now, my Ernie doll was kind of built and she re he represented some type of strength to me. So I think by me putting the hair on the doll, I know this sounds crazy. <laughs> I thought about a particular individual, like I said, I, that I went to school with that was in my classroom who reminded me of that type of um, disposition that I saw in my Ernie doll at the time. But yet she kind of had that masculinity about her. Something about her was, you know, like a boy. She was just tough like that way. And so Ernie would be that particular female. And all the other dolls I gave characters to that were in my class. And so what I would do was do role play. And I would reenact the, the, the argument, debate, or situation, or fight, or whatever that happened to me in school. And then I would, when I reenact, I would actually become more assertive. Things I wish I would have did, or um, words I wish I was able to um, assert or express myself at the time, I did it in the reenactment. But then I would just, so bad, I just wish I was able to do that in, you know, in reality. But I would act it out at home, and that was another way of me... Um, releasing and venting what I've, what I've gone through because I was traumatized by the event. And I, and I know if I would have had therapy back then, that would have been something I would have discussed with my therapist. Don't judge me, don't judge me, don't judge me. But what I realized is that is not really crazy. I was expressing how the situation neg negatively affected me and releasing it. Now, the, the, part, the negative part of it is that I, I wasn't able to do it in the actual moment, but I was able to get it out. So my dolls for me was my play therapy. That was my play therapy. But anyway, um, so again, I'm in there talking to myself, <laughs> doing self-therapy. So that's, what, that's the bottom line. Learn how to do your own self-therapy. Because you may not always have somebody you can go to, somebody you can always vent. But challenge those negative automatic thoughts you have. Um, those automatic, the automatic perspective that you have that may not be reality. Um, challenge, question yourself. Ask the Socratic questions. Um, challenge those, um, your first reactions and responses to the situation. Like, why am I acting this way? I started doing this in my own life. Why do I respond that way? Because I remember, of course I remember, um, I was sexually molested when I was young, very, very, very young. And... I noticed that sometimes I would feel uncomfortable by particular men when I was growing up. 
And it's because of my experience. It was either somebody's boyfriend who liked me in the past and those situations that would kind of happen often and they become more attracted to me. And, and so I think I would feel uncomfortable when I, I remember one girlfriend in particular, her fiance and her child's father, um, we was all in the same room. And my girl, I went to visit her and her new baby. And I remember her leaving the room. And when she left the room, her fiance, I'm trying to see where they, where they married at the time. I think it was her fiance. He winked at me and tried to flirt with me a little bit. And I looked at him like he was crazy. And I didn't share anything with her right away because this is a whole new experience for her. I didn't see her that often. Sometimes we just don't know exactly how to... Uh, Bring just to have that kind of discussion with a close friend of yours, knowing how they are. She's very delicate. She was very delicate herself. Um, God rest her. Um, her soul. She passed now. But um, I knew how she was, and I didn't know if she was able to handle that. That or she believed me, and I think she probably would have believed me because I think she knew some about some of the ways he had, but just overlooked them like a lot of us do in relationships. That's a whole other discussion. But it made me feel very uncomfortable. And so I noticed that sometimes I become uncomfortable, not now, but when I was younger around particular men, I didn't want to be alone with them and all this other kind of stuff. And I realized when I look back at it, I'm like, it might stem from me going through those sexual um, violations that I went through when I was young. I'm just connecting because a lot of times, like we, I always say, our symptoms are, are stem from our traumatic experiences. And that's why we may react certain ways. That's why we may have those automatic um, thoughts that we have to combat, that we have to challenge those thoughts. Doing our cognitive restructuring, changing the way we see things, coming up with alternative ways to think about things. So some of the questions I did say, I wrote down some questions. Um, so we challenging the argument, attacking the argument, which I said is adapted from so um, Socrates' um, ways of questioning and attacking the position. Um, some of the questions therapists may ask you, is there another way of looking at this? Does this seem reasonable? Ask yourself that question when you have a certain thought. Does this make sense? Does it seem reasonable? What alternative? What, what is an alternative way to think about this? Um, or another way that seems reasonable? How are we benefiting? I was going back, let me go back a little bit. When I was talking about when you get into a debate with somebody uh, that you're in a relationship with and you get into like, and this is what I do all the time. I didn't realize it was Socratic positioning a lot of times we're doing stuff we just don't know exactly maybe the psychological um, term for it but we do it all the time I mean because look psychology comes from people and people's experiences they just happen to write things down in the book <laughs> but um, in a text because they share an experience and this is how we learn from one another but I find myself I do this a lot of times now when I'm when people get into like arguments that I consider fruitless as, as unproductive and I ask the question sometimes how is this productive how are we benefiting from this because if there's no purpose because I'm all about purpose what is the purpose of this debate some debates are great they don't have to be um, a heated argument per se you're just sharing your thoughts and your opinions and your views and it's okay and so you know I just thought about too sometimes 
some of us went through so many traumatic experiences in our life, we run from debates and arguments because your nervous system, again, I'm going back to the nervous system, because you can feel when you, you're getting excited or upset and you get shaking sign, your stomach, getting, you get nervous. And a lot of times that's because you're, not, you're getting stressed and you really don't know how to cope in that area. So you take, you know how the nervous system responds differently. You either take flight or fright or you freeze which could be the same thing as fright, you freeze, or you fight, where you stay in the moment and learn how to um, problem solve, cope, and deal with the situation. And then some of us take flight where we just leave the scene. You can't deal with it. It's too much for you. It's overwhelming. You just start you start to have rising anxiety and so you just leave the situation. But that's not always good because you can't that's why I always say these things that we go through affect our relationships. You can't run from every argument. You can't run from every fight. You have to learn how to stay in the fight. So this is one way of doing it is what I'm teaching you is to ask those challenging questions. Um, practice these things at home before you even get Find yourself in a situation so you can kind of be prepared in your mind. You, you already like have the answer before the question. So you, it's like preparing for an audition or interview. Someone give you a role and you kind of rehearse the line. So you're doing that, that um, I call be, what we call in psychology, behavioral rehearsal. So it's behavioral rehearsal. You prepare yourself, you rehearsal the whole scene before it happens so you can kind of be mentally prepared for a particular situation, especially if you know of a particular situation that's getting ready to come up or some kind of confrontation you're getting ready to have with someone. Pretend you're going through, this is what role play is. See, I, it may sound crazy to some people, but this is what we do in sessions. We do role play. We teach our clients how to do role play at home, couples how to role play at home so they can help the other person see themselves through their eyes <laughs> or even learn how to understand the, their loved one through their loved one's eyes and, and situation and experiences. So this is like real stuff, real strategies that I'm, that I'm giving you that are really helpful. And like, again, I would question certain things. Well, how is this going to benefit us? Um, what purpose is this serving? Because a relationship is about building and bonding and learning how to live together and cope together and problem solve together and reason together. And so it takes... A certain level of good communication to be able to do that so this is a way of also increasing your level of good communication increase your communication level so you can better communicate with other people so that's just some of the some of the questions you can ask and um, one another question may be why do you believe the decision is better you can ask someone who again who's always impo imposing their own views and belief on yours to devalue what you feel or how you think about things you can ask them why do you believe that your decision is better than mine sometimes you find a person you may shut them down for a moment they may become quiet because now they're questioning their own thoughts and questions why do I think that? And you know what? And you don't always have to go here. But sometimes it makes them realize that they are devaluing your thoughts and your opinion. That what you say to them doesn't matter. And they don't believe that you have any value. So sometimes that's an awakening. So you attacking their position, their um, intent. 
which is so important. Again, it's giving you ammunition. It's empowering you. And you know what? You walk away feeling good because if you haven't done these things before and you finally stand up for yourself and you learn how to become assertive and after that finish, you feel like you've accomplished something. And it's like part of you taking your power back, especially if you feel like you've lost your power and you need help in this area. So little by little, you start to take that power back by learning how to become assertive and challenging not only your thoughts, but other people's thoughts and beliefs as well. Again, to make because a lot of times people do that. They want their beliefs and thoughts to become yours. And that may not be for you. They may mean well, but it's not necessarily for you a part of your journey. So again, going back to the whole when I gave this to never a person coming in and feeling like they're a complete failure. And so questions you can ask is, and um, what question you could think of? I think I went over one where you can say, well, anybody, say you went through a divorce and you just, or a person come to you, 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 you put yourself in a therapy seat now, and a person says, um, I'm just a complete failure. My marriage didn't work. I'm going through a divorce. I'm another statistic for a divorce. I'm just a failure. And so the question you ask the person is, so everybody has everybody that has gone through a divorce is a complete failure. They've never able to get back up and get on their feet. Are there any re there's no other resources out there? <laughs> Just really getting a person to think about things and become unreasonable. Of course, sometimes when you're in the midst of your your uh, low emotions and you're just upset and you're frustrated and you're angry and you're hurt and you feel rejected and abandoned, you're not thinking rationally at the time. So sometimes you just need somebody else to come in and help you. First of all, they need to allow you to vent and get all of that out because sometimes it's just that. You're just getting out how you feel at the moment but sometimes you don't actually believe that but at the time you just say it and then sometimes in other cases we may believe what we say and we need some rational thought we need to reconstruct that thought become skeptical skeptical of your thinking and dig deep why am i saying this why am i feeling this way i know that sounds Cliche, we sit all the time. And how does that make you feel? <laughs> but it's because it's, so, it's so important to connect your feelings and your thoughts together. That's why we ask the question and understand how the two correlate and connect with each other. How one thing affects the other. So if you change the thought process, you change the mindset, then you change the way you feel. And then you react a different way. So that's why you get those that question all the time. Another question is, can you think of anything else or can you think of anyone else this has happened to, known or unknown? Do you know anybody who survived the divorce? <laughs> Do you know anybody um, personally who've made it through? They've gone through the herd and, and, and all of that. But are they? did they make it through? You know, get them to think, think about that. You know, it could be somebody they don't know. Hearing somebody else's story. Another one is, how does this traumatic event or experience automatically translate into a failure? Why did you automatically consider it a failure, especially if you wasn't the main person who um, caused the divorce or caused the whatever you went through, the job loss? Maybe you got laid off, but if you have already have a core belief that you are, um, if you're dealing with rejection, if you already have a sense of feeling or been abandoned or unworthy or very insecure and you don't value yourself, 
then you automatic, sometimes that's where the automatic thoughts come from because you already feel and believe that you are failure. And so you're not thinking rationally again. You're not thinking they laid people off. The reality is because um, the company is going bankrupt or they don't have enough money to pay you. So this is why they let you go. But in your experience, you already consider yourself a failure. So you don't think about none of that. You automatically go to, I'm a failure. You automatically think it's something that you done did and it's not necessarily something that you did. So attack those type of thoughts. Another question. Can you think of anything that you were not a failure at? So now let's think about the positive things. Is this anything is is there anything you have done in your life that you weren't a failure at that you actually did well at? There have to be something that you did well <laughs> that you you know, and we forget those things when we're in this victimized state that we stay in, um, this, you know, woe, poor is me state that we have, we can't stay there. You know, you go through the grief process, but don't stay there. <laughs> don't stay in that place. So then you, now you're starting to think about the positive. What are things have you done well? How have you positively affect somebody in your life? I'm talking about go from your child to now where you are now and think about those things, you know, and we have that, that it makes you feel good. For one, that look, I'm not a complete failure. There's some things I can do. There's something I've done or I've achieved. I might have, you might have helped somebody. You know, it could be a next door neighbor. Maybe you did a good deed for someone. That's a great thing. That's good character. That is a great character. Don't dismiss these things because a lot we can't take for granted that people are giving and loving. Maybe you're giving and you're loving, and you know what? A lot of times, because you may be soft-hearted and soft-kinded, people take advantage of you and consider that a weakness, and you may start to develop that belief where you consider it a weakness. Why am I still holding this pen? Where you <laughs> consider it a weakness, and it's not. It's actually a strength to be a person who's compassionate and care for other people, that you are sensitive to other people's needs. That's a gift. That's a strength. Don't let anybody make you feel that that's something that's weak. It's not weak. Only thing people like you have to do, and I'm like that as well, very giving and caring and compassionate, is to identify and to discern when somebody's taking advantage of you, when somebody wants to be like a leech to you and they would want to deplete the strengths that you have and when you've gone through enough of those type of experience and you can really easily see when somebody's meaning no good and they just want to pull from you and sometimes they could be doing it subconsciously as well but you at least know when to stop it and say mm -mm, this is not this. I just spoke with somebody about this today um, she was sharing about how she, sometimes she feel like someone is using her and always seem to, you know, call call on her when they in need, but when she's in need, sometimes it's hard to really get that person to reciprocate the same um, thing to her um, when she needs them to be there. And that happens sometimes. And sometimes people, they don't realize that they're doing it, but it's just up to us to realize that and say, oh, I'm not going to make myself that available anymore, you know, because sometimes... She's like me. A lot of times we would clear our whole schedule. We would make room for you. For you. If you say you need us or whatever, I would literally have you in my mind. So-and-so needs me at 3 o'clock. I'm going to change my schedule. I'm going to make sure I'm there. But sometimes we don't always get that back. The wonderful thing about being empowered and understanding is that you don't look for them to, to give back to you. You do it with 
who you are and you do it as unto God because you're doing a service for somebody, not looking for them to give things back to you because God has a way of rewarding you so many other ways because he sees your heart and sees what you're doing. So I look for God to reward me. I'm not, I don't, I don't tangibly or literally just say, okay, God, you're going to bless me for this. But what I'm saying is I know that he'll bless me and, you know, and I look towards him to do that. So that way, you know, I don't walk around feeling, um, oh, holding on to hurt and, and holding grudges against people is what I'm trying to say because they may not have reciprocated the same attention or affection that I've given them. And so I've learned to reconcile with that and say, it's okay. Because whenever I do it, I do it as unto the Lord and it's okay. Um, maybe I was just there for a certain season to be a particular um help to you at that time and that was it so some things are assignments okay anyway i don't want to go off of that but again today i talked about cognitive restructuring changing the way you see things referring to i was talking about methods that help you think differently about a particular situation a belief um a negative thought pattern that you may have developed and how you can challenge that thought and how you can challenge those core beliefs and how you can question yourself, challenge those thoughts you have and do they make sense and where is it coming from? You know, do that deep work within yourself. You don't have to wait for somebody else to do it for you. Do it yourself. Become your own therapist. You know, that's empowerment. So we talked about helping you question yourself and become skeptical of your, that word is a tongue twister, skeptical of your own negative thought patterns, you may feel or believe that, I had to get my little notes down here, because you see I can go on and off somewhere else. You may feel, believe that because you've lost something in your life, something that you've experienced it. So those old, sometimes even in the process of you healing, and sometimes things happen in the midst of that, it'll bring back those old negative core beliefs, and that's why you have to challenge that and you have to cast down. So this is what I love the scripture that says, cast down those imaginations and any high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Stand on what you learned from God's word and the knowledge that you've gotten from God's word. If you read God's word, and if you have it, I will admonish you to do so, to read his word and get the knowledge of his word so anything that exalts itself against that you have to cast it down because it's not real don't allow it to be real don't breathe on it we can make things a reality and cause self-fulfilling prophecy by meditating and thinking about it so much and concentrating on it so i want you to break that pattern this is a breakthrough. Break the pattern. That's the first breakthrough you need of thought and of thinking and become skeptical of that. And so we went through some of the questions and ways you can challenge other people who um, may come in and, like I said, bring their own views and, and beliefs and negativity as well. They can project that stuff on you and you have to find a way to say, uh-uh, without necessarily doing this. <laughs> we say talk to the ad, but you... You question them and challenge them. And I guarantee you feel more empowered when you do that. And, and this is really for the for the person who's learning to be assertive in their own way and learn how to defend themselves, stand up for themselves in the moment. And, and it doesn't always have to be in the moment. So I, I want to go back to that a little bit. Sometimes if you don't know what to say, it's okay. It doesn't mean anything. You need to process what just happened. Maybe you'll come back soon. That's the good thing about when you learn how to do that and you enter a relationship with somebody, especially if you get married. You've already practiced how to go away, be silent, think about the situation before you open your mouth, <laughs> pray about it, meditate on it, and think of an, another, another way of 
looking at it because sometimes you may be so upset you may only see something in one way and you need to step away from the situation for a moment and think about it and say really is it really is that what he or she really meant or do you believe that because of a b c and d and so you need time to do that and a lot of times we don't do that we just go back and forth in the argument and so there's no wisdom there's no remedy there's no resolve there and you're just hitting each other <laughs> not not physically but verbally and so it's not productive nobody's benefiting from the debate or uh discussion that you're having so learn how to take out the time to do that. This is where wisdom come in. You get wisdom. Look, go in the presence of God. He'll start depositing stuff. He will show you a different way of handling a situation. But a lot of times we don't give ourselves a chance to do that because we become so defensive because of these thoughts and core beliefs that we don't allow ourselves to do that, figure things out, reason together. Sometimes it takes a moment of silence to even do that. So I didn't mean for this video to be that long. I hope I deposited something. And I want to make sure I covered kind of everything. There's a lot more to cognitive restructuring, but I just wanted to touch those two particular ways. Questioning yourself, questioning others, questioning your own thoughts and your beliefs and why you believe that. Is there another way another way you can think about it differently? You know, really? Are you really a failure because of that? Is there anybody else who's gone through what you've gone through and they survived? Why do you believe you won't survive? Where is that coming from? See, I sound like a therapist, but that's what you have to do to yourself. Anyway, thank you for joining me. Those who joined this and some of you, I know you're going to see this after the video um, has posted and everything. But that's it for tonight. I'm just excited. Don't forget, I have this free summit going on. Sign up for From Trauma to Triumph Summit. It is totally free online. It is launching June 16th to June 22nd. And let me tell you, if you know somebody who needs to hear powerful testimonials, powerful stories of people, men and women who've gone through, I'm talking about gone through, and they came out, and you know what? They survived. They are here today to share their story. And so they can tell you how they made it through. They can tell you about their breakthroughs, how they was able to cope through that situation, and how some of them probably almost lost their minds. And so I'm just having a awesome time interviewing um, these speakers and I'm still in the process of interviewing and listening to their stories phenomenal and I want you to be a part of it and if you know somebody who needs to be a part of it invite them to the way you can sign up is go to bit.ly forward slash trauma to triumph that is bit dot or bit dot ly trauma to triumph summit you can sign up there. That's it. You're in. So this way you'll be on an email list. So when the um, summit is launched, you will receive an email daily of the next speaker who's going to be speaking about their story. And they're not only going to share their story, they're going to share wonderful strategies that they use themselves to help pull them through, to help them make it through, to help them overcome to receive their breakthroughs, to live now in their purpose and their passion. And they're, they're so passionate about sharing. And most of them agree with me that this is something that is needed, 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 needed. I hope that didn't come down and block. But my phone is letting me know that my battery is about to die. So I'm going to go now. Thank you so much for joining. And I'm going to come back with some more, not tonight, but another day, with some more strategies as we just dedicate this whole month to healing from different traumatic experience. Have a good evening.